Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Episode 492, no way! That means we are getting closer and closer and closer to episode 500. Hey, welcome to, or welcome back to, if you're a regular listener, to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Hey, I got to tell you, I started this podcast five years ago. I had no idea that I was going to be at it five years later. I thought I was going to do 50 interviews because someone told me that if you're ever in a rut, just go interview 50 successful people and you're going to get new ideas, new theories, new concepts. There's no way you'd come out the other side and still feel like you're in a rut. So I thought, nah, I'll do six months worth of interviews. We'll see where that goes. Now, five years later, I have learned that there is one absolute truth in this world, and that is that success leaves clues. If you want to find more success as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader, or heck, if you have a job working for a big company, but you just have that entrepreneurial spirit, you have to get around people who are knocking the ball out of the park. Because that's where you're going to get your next idea. That's how you're going to grow. Success leaves clues. And we talk about that all the time. I've started talking about that in the speeches that I give to corporations. Uh, success leaves clues is a great thing to remember because there's going to be times when you're not the most successful person in the room. So if you can ask them questions, if you can get around them, they can't help it. They're going to educate you. They're going to become that professor. And that's what I try to do every single week on this show, whether it's uh, uh, just me talking about something I've observed or it's one of these interview shows where I get really cool people to come and join me and answer questions. And, and that's what we're going to do today. I have a great guest. But before we get to that guest, I've got to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So this episode is sponsored by the Bias Disruption Podcast. So human behavior, it is a complicated thing especially when it comes to working and living together. And understanding why and how people behave in groups, well, that's what my friends, Dr. Josh Packard and Megan Bissell, it's what they do for a living. Their podcast, The Bias Disruption, it answers questions like, what is the ideal team size? How do company cultures change? And where does innovation even come from? Now, if you've ever wondered how to make changes in your business that last, and let's, fa let's face it, if we're going to make changes, we want them to be sticky. We want them to be there. Then you should be listening to the Bias Disruption Podcast. Megan and Josh, they use social science, real world experiences, and humor to share their useful insights. Plus, they like to play nerdy games. So check out the Bias Disruption. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. So speaking of podcasts... That's what we're here for. We're here for cool things entrepreneurs do. And today I get to interview one of my buddies. He's somebody I've been friends with for a long time. We actually met because he hired me to speak at a big uh, national insurance conference that was made up of a bunch of insurance companies from like 50 different states. And he was running the whole conference. I think he was 12 years old at the time because this had to be a decade ago. And uh, he hired me to speak and we just became friends. He's one of those people who I met who it's like, yeah, I want to keep in touch with this person. And so we'd grab lunch once in a while. We'd grab a beer. We'd run into each other at like a Leadership Austin alumni event, something like that. 
And uh, over time, he has hired me to come back probably five or six times to speak for his company in different roles. And so anyone who hires me that much, they have to be my friend because I like people who give me checks. No, seriously, he's just an all around good guy. So I want to welcome Jeremiah Bentley. He is the VP of Marketing and Community Affairs for Texas Mutual Insurance. Hey, Jeremiah, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tom, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate that intro. Um, you make me sound like a way better person than I really am, but it's okay. because No, you're uh, that good. You're that. You're all that in a bag of chips, as they say. Well, thank you. I like people who share values. And I remember uh, back to that conference. I don't remember if, uh, if you remember me asking this question or you telling me this, but at the end, because I really wanted feedback because it was one of my first times I ever spoke at a thing. And I said, how did I do? And you said, every company has a guy that's the funny guy. And the funny guy always sucks. And the funny guy isn't funny. And you said, Jeremiah, you did not suck. And for me, that was like a ring endorsement for uh, <laughs> for what we could do. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad we started off on that foot and we've we've kept working together for these years. So did I mean that you were the funny guy and you didn't suck? That was like a great combination. That was perfect. Yeah. What what else could we get out of that? That was great. That's right. Well, well, Jeremiah is fun and he is funny. And uh, I know he listens to cool things entrepreneurs do. And so uh, I'm really glad to have him here on the inside. And so what we're going to talk about today, you know, I've been talking a lot lately, if you've been listening to the last few episodes about sort of giving back and how it's important to find your way to give back. But here's the thing. We live in a world where it's not just us. Sometimes it's how do we give back as an institution? And because he is the VP of Marketing and Community Affairs for a company here in my town of Austin who does so much, uh, Texas Mutual Insurance, they are, they're, they're a giving company. Uh, you see them sponsoring all kinds of really cool things around town. So clearly the Director of Community Affairs is busy because he's doing things for the community. Uh, the other day I was watching TV and there was a whole thing about giving back. Uh, they're sponsoring a major charity, a charitable uh, cause that's being backed by one of the TV stations and their CEO, Rich, who I know was there on TV on, on KXAN talking about this cause that they're working towards. I was like, hey, I know that guy. And I thought, you know what? I know that guy, but I even know Jeremiah better. And while I'm sure, you know, CEOs are cool, we interview a lot of them. We needed to get Jeremiah on the show to talk about what do companies do and what is a company's role in giving back? So, Jeremiah, I'm just going to throw it to you. Who is Texas Mutual Insurance and why are you guys so active in our community? Sure. Thanks. Uh, so, Texas Mutual Insurance is the largest work comp provider in the state of Texas. And what that means is we provide insurance to businesses to take care of their employees if something bad happens to them on the job, if they get hurt on the job. So, we like to think that what we do every day is kind of focused around a mission is that the first thing we want to do is be able to keep employees safe and keep people from getting hurt in the first place. But if they do, you know, we want to get them well and we want to get them whole and we want to get them back to life. And a lot of times these people have things that happen to them that are no fault of their own, but they're, I mean, they're in a bad place. They're in a bad way. And so we want to support them. Um, and we, we want to get them well, and we want to get them whole. And so we like to just take that philosophy all the way into our, you know, into our philanthropy um, and the ways that we make a difference in the community and really do things that connect with who we are and what we really stand for. So that's something that's become very important for us over time. So let's talk a little bit about your role as, you know, community affairs. I mean, obviously, I know what the VP of marketing is, but what is somebody who has the role of sort of a VP of community affairs? What, what does that mean? So what I do uh, with our community affairs team is we really look at all the different causes that there are in the city. I mean, there's a million things in Austin. Every city has the same, the same sort of 
a set of nonprofits. There's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of people that do a lot of good work um, in a bunch of different areas. But it's really important for us to do the things that connect with our employees and connect with our mission because we want to be able to meet the needs of our policyholders and the workers. Um, and so there are things like education, you know, workforce development. Um, the thing that you saw was around health and wellness because we know that healthy employees are safer, they're more productive, they get hurt less often. When they do get hurt, they get back to work faster. So what we're really out there doing all the time is in the community, uh, asking questions and listening to people and really figuring out what we can do that connects with who we are as Texas Mutual. Uh, because we're not, you know, we're, we are who we are. We aren't Google, we aren't Facebook. We're gonna have different causes and different passions. And so we wanna make sure that what we do reflects that. But what do you do? I mean, as the director what of do Community I? Affairs, what is, what, is, what is your job? What do you do? I mean, mostly happy hours uh, and free lunches. <laughs> I try to do awesome. as much as possible. Absolutely. I like happy no. hours and free lunches. In fact, those are my favorite two times of day. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, so, I mean, my job is to really spend a lot of time meeting people and connecting with people. And um, a big partnership that we just made uh, over the last year has been with Workforce Solutions, which is a local workforce board. Um, they do a lot of funding around skilled trades, manufacturing, so construction, plumbers, pipe fitters, electricians, like all these jobs that people used to do is these noble blue collar jobs that people don't do anymore because somehow it's been destigmatized. So we worked with them um, on a media campaign to help bring uh, those jobs back and get people excited about them and get people wanting to pay for them um, and, and get into those careers. But it took, I mean, it took a lot of meetings and a lot of time and a lot of effort to really figure out what the connection was between us and how we could do something that benefited the community as a whole. So I spent a lot of time just strategizing with various leaders, both in nonprofits and in other uh, companies across the city to try to find ways, how can we collectively make a difference? Because all the challenges that we face uh, in the world are huge and none of us can do it alone. So I really spent a lot of time trying to find people, I mean, like you, like our connection through Leadership Austin, who are committed to making the world a better place. So I, I know you're very good in this VP of, of marketing role because you keep wanting to bring it back to the company. And I keep wanting to bring it back to <laughs> Jeremiah because there's a person being interviewed here. There so is. so that, let's let's backtrack for just a second. We're going to focus about okay. Jeremiah. You, there's something I know about you, and that is you've been in this job for a long time. I mean, you started off. I made the joke. What were you, 12? But you really were sort of a young entry level person. I don't know if you had a job before Texas Mutual, but I know you've been there for a long time. Uh, one of my friends who is a, a uh, professional speaker and leadership trainer, uh, Sarah Kennedy used to work there. And I think you were like her intern because she knows yeah. that you and I are friends and she's like, Oh my God, I knew him when he was a college student. So you have grown up inside the company. And I don't think we see this a lot in 2019. And as we go into 2020, I don't think we see a lot of people who start with a company when they're young. And now, I mean, I can see you on video. Now you're starting to get gray hair. And oh, no. so, so I don't think that we see a lot of people who grow up and get promoted and grow. A lot of people like jump ship all the time. So let's talk a little bit about your trajectory in the company. And then I'll let you put your marketing hat back on and talk about Texas Mutual. That's fair. So 22 years ago, I was a temp in human resources, and I worked for Sarah Kennedy. Uh, and we were a, we had a different name back then, but I was uh, fresh out of UT. Um, and although actually it was sort of a mutual decision that we left, and I didn't get the paper until many years later. But uh, I worked started as a temp in HR, uh, moved in January of '98, which was 21 and a half years ago to answering phones and filing paper. And I mean, I don't know if that job's still a job anymore. Uh, <laughs> In government affairs, with <laughs> little notes on the notepads that you would fill the thing out because we didn't have voicemail. There's not filing cabinets anymore. Where would you put the paper? There's no, no there's stack 
bits of paper that just get thrown away now. So yeah, I did that for a while and it worked in government affairs and it's just been a good company. So over 20, 21 years, like as an employee, I've had about a half dozen different jobs um, all the way through. I think when we started working together, I was running just communications. Um, there was the manager there and then had the chance to add community affairs and move up to BP. And so it's been a very rewarding um, company, really good culture. Apparently that whole thing about working hard, showing up on time and doing your part pays off. So let's talk a little bit about starting from fresh out of college as a temp all the way up to being vice president in the company. That's something that we, we really don't see. And yet you have done it really with an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, you're not the entrepreneur behind starting the company or growing the company. But in reality, you're as much of an entrepreneur as anybody I know, because you have changed jobs within the company five or six times. And you have sort of, you know, been sort of the puppet master making a lot of things happen. So what advice do you have for people who are in a job who think, well, I mean, I'm never going to, you know, I'm, I'm just in this role. What advice do you have for people to grow a career entrepreneurially? Or I guess the term is intrapreneur. What advice do you have? Right, I hear that a lot. Yeah. I think there's two important things. One is you have to be really good at the job that you're in. Today, right. I mean, you can't, because we have, have a lot of people that come in and have a lot of things that they want to do and places they want to go. But ultimately like the basic blocking and tackling, you know, the, being reliable, being dependable, showing up on time, completing projects, communicating with people, all that stuff you have to do. First. So one of the things I talk about in, in this talk I do, and I haven't done this for your company. This is new. This paradox of potential talk. It's about how people go from the gap from their potential to performance. And one of the things that I talk about is you got to do good work. It's, you know, there's no shortcuts. You have to do the work. And, and I think that's something that you've done in every role that you've had there is you've done good work. So, yeah, I think, well, thank you. And I think you start with that and then you you have to seek out, um, like seek out opportunities outside your comfort zone and opportunities for leadership, whether it's formal, whether it's informal, but I'm a big believer in sort of working toward the next job and eventually you'll be rewarded and not expecting that job to come first um, and then working up to it. But I've always tried to work beyond um, whatever the the role I was in in whatever way possible. You mean these people who show up and think they should be CEO at 24 years old, that's not the right strategy? That does not seem to go very well for people most of the time. No. <laughs> so let's talk about working for good leadership, because one of the things I know, and like I said, I've had the I've been very blessed. I've been brought in to speak at team meetings inside your company, and I've been able to speak at things you guys have done for the community. So I've gotten to work with a lot of people who work for your company. And one of the things that stands out to me about your organization is that you have great leadership, not just with Rich, the CEO, but really at all levels. I, I can't think of a person I've interacted with, and I've probably interacted with half a dozen people because different people are owners of different events. So the, the, the woman who runs your events is one of the best event planners I know. Uh, one of the people who had like governmental outreach, I did some things when they were promoting something around the state. You know, he was really, really sharp. Sort of everyone I've encountered is a great leader. So as you're coming up in an organization like that, how important is it to work for great people who are doing amazing things? I mean, there's no substitute for great leadership. And the way that we've done it, the people I've had the good fortune to work for, it's always been about empowering and guiding, you know, and coaching, being there and answering questions, but it's never been directive. It's never been prescriptive. And I mean, I think that's more common now, but 20 years ago, I think that was a little bit unique. That basically, you know, my first the the guy did our government affairs was my first boss, and he said, you know, he uh, he you know I will give you all the tools you need to make decisions. I'm going to let you make them. I'm always going to be there for him when you when to back you up. You know, if you make mistakes, we're going to talk about it. There's going to be accountability, but um, it's been a very 
uh, empowering place to work and just a group of leaders that really believe that do that. And that's made a lot of difference for me in my career. So I had uh, lunch the other day with somebody who wasn't one of my first bosses, but sort of one of the people who was most in- one of the most instrumental people in my career. He was a partner in a law firm and he was the one who brought me in to be their director of marketing. And when I went to work for this law firm, 17 years ago. Uh, It was a trajectory change in my career, much for the better. And I spent five years working for this team. And this guy, Matt Lyons is his name. He's now the the, the managing partner of the Austin office of uh, Sherman and Sterling. And what was interesting, though, is that Matt told me early on, and he wasn't my direct boss, but he was my champion inside the company. Like, it's hard to be a non-lawyer working inside a law firm. And I always tell everybody who takes like a director of marketing role for a law firm, you have to have some champions or it's going to get lonely when things go wrong. And it doesn't matter what your job is, things are going to go wrong. And Matt was truly one of my champions. And Matt told me early on, I'm going to give you a lot of rope. Don't hang yourself. And, (laughs) you know, I think there's a lot to be said for a boss who lets you go out there and do things your way. Yeah, where if you mess up, we're going to talk about it. But I'm empowering you to go out there and, and, and swing for the fences. I think that I think that's important. Yeah, and that's something now with where I am now, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to share that kind of thing with the next generation of leadership here at Texas Mutual. And it's so natural sometimes when somebody has a question, especially when you've been here as long as I have and you've had some experience, like when somebody has a question or situation where I feel like I know the answer and I want to jump to solving the problem for them. But really, it's a lot better um, outcome overall and attributes a lot more to development. If you can let them help ask questions of them that can help them work through those situations because, um, you know, this would be better in the long run. The next time they're faced with that, they'll be able to solve that challenge on their own. And you just have to, to let, you know, let people grow and sort of make it a, uh, let them stretch themselves wherever it's kind of safe, you know, don't let them, don't let them fall, you know, off the face of the earth, but give them an opportunity every once in a while, just make a mistake and learn from it on their own or, um, just to, to help them get to where they want to be and make them a better person overall. Even if in the moment, like maybe, you know, the answer and you could really get quickly to it. But it's better for the long-term trajectory of someone to ask them questions, help them make their own choices. So you're now in that position where you're the leader, right? You've got people who report to you. You're the person who, who's doing this. Where wh- wh- is it? Is that a weird position to realize that, oh, my God, I had so many people who mentored me, who helped me grow inside this company in so many different roles. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm that vice president. I'm I'm that I'm that mentor. Right. Every once in a while, I look for an actual responsible adult around the room, right? And I'm like, oh, no, it's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? No, so I, but I really embrace that because that's a, a great opportunity that I have is to learn from a lot of really good people. And so I think it's important um, to be able to, to give back and to do that. And one of the things I believe really strongly on mentors is you kind of need at least two. You need somebody that's in your organization that understands your challenges, that can help you through the business problems and the unique uh, situations that you're going to come up with day to day, but then you need somebody who has no investment in your success. Like it's completely from the outside. You might find them at church or you might find them on a community board you're on, or you might find them wherever else, but you also need somebody that you can just talk to about challenges of the world, but don't have the perspective of work. And that's always worked really well for me. I've always, I find the kind of people you want to be your mentors. If you ask them, they're going to say yes, which is, which is nice. Um, and you end up finding people to connect with. I think it's important to work within and outside your organization to develop that way. So I've got a few more questions for you, and I kind of want to dive back into what your company does in the community and why they do it. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, as all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment 
training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And while he didn't start the company for many years, I mean, I don't know, coming up probably close to 10 years, you have somebody at the, the helm, your CEO, who I think is a great leader. I really, as far as the people in the community who I know, I admire him for all the reasons that, that we've been talking about. And I think your company has always had this sort of uh, uh, community affairs, community first attitude, but I think it's stepped up since Rich took over. So let's talk a little bit about the leadership of the company and then why does a big company care to be so involved? All right, let's do that. Yeah, so Rich, he came uh, several years ago and he really has been an inspiration uh, as a leader because he more than anybody believes in this idea of, of empowerment and of um, letting people sort of be them, be their best selves um, and always support them. Um, and he's got a big heart uh, and a big appreciation of the things that he's been given and the opportunities had and the fact that not everybody has. So he's been a real inspiration for us. And I, you know, early on, uh, one of the first things we hired you for, I remember one of the things that you said was, uh, you know, it's not enough good to just do good work. Everybody does good work. You have to talk about it. And Rich is a that kind of person and is really um, something that we took to heart because before we had this thing that we would say that we were the biggest insurance company that nobody knew about. And that was like a point of pride. Yeah. I, in fact, I teach people all the time. If you're the best kept secret in your industry, you're leaving money on the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when he came, he thought that was crazy that we had a, we had a framed article from the Austin Business Journal on the wall. And that was the headline. Like, <laughs> you don't know who they are. You don't know these people. <laughs> exactly. And it's not that, um, I mean, we all want to do good work, right? And we all want, uh, you know, we want to be, we want to be humble, but we also have an obligation to be examples for others because there are other companies that are not where we are on the journey that haven't had this long history of giving back. Maybe they're new, maybe they're founded by entrepreneurs. And so I think big companies that are doing good work have an obligation to share that and to be a model for others. And so he really embodies that. And in turn, he's really uh, led us to do that too. So one of the things you sort of talked about when we started off, you, you, you sort of started in sort of corporate mode. Now we've got Jeremiah on the interview, which is awesome. Yeah. One of the things you sort of touched on in, in, in the corporate mode part was talking about uh, connecting your philanthropy to your mission. And I don't want to talk about that in corporate speak. I want to talk about that kind of human to human. I think that's okay. really, really important. And I think that you guys do a good job of setting that example but what does connecting philanthropy to your mission mean and how do you put that into practice? So when we look at who we're here for, we're here for the people who work, we, Texas Mutual, me, whoever, like the people who work in the state of Texas. I, I grew, my dad was a manufacturing uh, manufacturing line worker and my grandfather drove a truck and my great grandfather was a school janitor. So I have a big connection to the whole, you know, the people who really make this economy work and make the state work and really make a difference. And so, that's who we're here for. So with our philanthropy, that's what we do is we try to provide uh, educational opportunity and we try to meet, uh, help people sort of lift themselves and their families um, out of poverty and uh, try to make a better place for, for themselves and for future, future generations. I learned that from both my experience with my dad and then my mom started um, 
CASA, which is like court appointed special advocates, the advocacy group for children who don't have anybody that can speak on their behalf, like in, in abuse cases and stuff like that in Cook County, Texas, where we grew up. And it was really, it was inspiring to see her do that. Um, my parents were foster parents. I had two sisters that were adopted from the state. So um, we've always had this sense that uh, just because things are going well for us, there are always people that that don't have it as good. And so we need to do things that um, help take care of others. And then as a company, then, you know, we, we need to do the same kind of thing because Texas Mutual has the good fortune of being a leader in the market and a, a big company and providing insurance for a lot of businesses. But there are a lot of people out there that have needs that we need to be able to help and we need to do it in a meaningful way. And so uh, that's the exciting part of what we do is to be able to connect a personal story to the things that we do on the business side and the things we can do in the community to build a stronger safer Texas for everyone. So I think you guys are really intentional with your philanthropy. So, I mean, a lot of companies, you know, they, they put the plaques on the wall that they get from the chamber of commerce and, you know, it's nice and they say they do it or, you know, they, they make their donations and all this stuff. You guys have really been intentional. So as a large company, how does a large company choose you know, sort of where to be involved. And you guys also turn out people. I've been at charitable events around town that, you know, there's a bunch, you know, people are out there at the run or whatever. And the Texas Mutual people are there. You get you get your employees to play where you're doing philanthropy. So let's talk about how you get everyone involved. So with the employees, it's great. We've got a, it's just part of the culture. Uh, for as long as I've been here, employees have been like super excited about giving back. And we do things and having the chance to volunteer too. And we do some things to make that, Simple. So, you know, we give people uh, volunteer time off. We have some incentive programs around. If you volunteer for your favorite cause and you report it in, then we'll, we'll have drawings to make donations to those causes. So when we do that stuff, it really comes down to um, hiring the right people and hiring the right attitude and the right culture. And we've just found um, a group of people that really love giving back and really love showing up. And so on the volunteer side of things, that's always been really easy. I mean, we have people come to us all the time that want to do Anytime anything goes on bad, especially it's like, I want to do something. I don't know what, but I just, I want to get out and do something. So that's been really powerful. And that's just a testament to the organizational culture that we build. Um, when it comes to where we give, you know, we want to give money in places where it makes sense as a work comp insurer. So um, one of the things I tell people is there's, you know, people love babies and kitties and puppies and things like that. But ultimately at the end of the day, we're here for the workers, for the employees of the state of Texas. So it's workforce development, it's education, it's community college programs. It's, we do, we have a scholarship program for uh, children of workers who die on the job that are insured by us. We'll send their children or their spouse to college in order to help sort of step in and try to make them whole. So we always want to do things. And I think this is the best thing that a company can do is do things that make a difference um, that sort of fit with your mission and who you are. Cause it's just, it, it's just a better it creates a better environment. It creates a win all the way around. So with a lot of these things, we're going to get uh, safer employees are healthier. They're more productive. They contribute to their employer, their business. Their business is going to be more successful that they work for, um, which means they're going to be able to pay Texas Mutual more and work comp premium as they continue to grow. And we'll put more money back into the community like it's a virtuous circle all the way around. So as the head of community affairs, what advice do you have for other companies? Because I know we all see it. You've got to see some companies who are maybe of your size and you think, oh, come on, do something. What advice do you have for other companies about how to up their game in this area? Well, the number one thing is if you're doing it, let people know about it. We still see and hear uh, companies that are doing things in the community, but they don't, um, they just don't talk about it. 
And then the second one is really, really, really look at who you are, get a group of bit. We actually had, uh, when we sort of look, re-looked at the way we were doing things, we had two board members, their CEO, COO, CFO, me, safety person, get in a room together and think about what does Texas Mutual stand for? What's our mission? And then what causes support that mission? Because otherwise we end up writing tons of checks to every Every, every walk, every disease cause, every Boy Scout troop in town. And we're not, we're not really making a difference if we do that. So I think if you can just fit a group of people together and business people and really think about what do you do in your business, what's your mission, who does your business best serve, that's where you can really make the biggest difference. Well, I think what you guys do is great. That's why I wanted to bring you here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Do you have any kind of sort of last thoughts around all this that you want to share with the audience? Uh, my last thoughts are that everybody has time, talent, and treasure. We don't all have them sort of in the same um, <laughs> availability, and we don't always have them like at the same time among ourselves. So, you know, if you want to connect, you know, maybe you don't work for a big company that writes a lot of checks, and that's fine. You know, you can you can volunteer. Everybody has talents they can contribute back to the community. So just find a way to connect, and it'll definitely pay off for you uh, in the long run, and you'll get to meet a lot of great people. Um, who do a lot of great stuff, like the relationships that I've made over the last 20 years, being here in Austin and making a difference in the community. So I love that. Time, talents, or treasures, and we don't always have them in the same levels or all at the same time. I think that's that should be a t-shirt, man. That was awesome. Ah, thank you. So Jeremiah, if someone's listening to this and they need to find out more about Texas Mutual, maybe they have people in Texas they should be insuring for Workman's Comp. Maybe Maybe they're like, I have to know more about Jeremiah Bentley. How do they find you? How do they find the company? Well, if they want to find me, uh, Jay Bentley ATX on Twitter is the best way to do that. Uh, and I usually tweet about you have to be into sports, uh, local land development, and philanthropy. Those are basically and, the main topics. And your kids' soccer. And kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And uh, Texas Mutual is just www.texasmutual.com. Um, and please come learn about us, learn what we do in the community. Maybe if you're growing a business, look at us for work comp. Thanks. Awesome. Well, Jeremiah, thank you for being a guest on the show. But more importantly, thanks for being my friend for the last decade. You're a good guy. Hey, you too, Tom. Hey, and to everyone who tuned in, I say it every single episode, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we even do this show? Uh, if you like cool things entrepreneurs do, the biggest favor you can do for me is go tell someone else about it. Because most people who I run into who listen to the show, I'm like, how did you know I had a podcast? They're like, oh, my boss told me, my mom told me, my coworker said something. Uh, so go tell a friend because that's how people find the show. If you really like the show, jump onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Uh, new reviews just make me happy when I go see them. Uh, so, you know, a little five stars and a couple of sentences about why you like the show, you'll just make my day brighter. I don't know if it helps me any. Uh, and then uh, make sure you're tuning in. You can go backwards and listen. There's there's 490 episodes you can go listen to or be tuning in and seeing what's coming up in the next handful of episodes because we've got some good stuff coming ahead. So uh, uh, tune back in for a couple of, in a couple of days for another interview with somebody just as cool as Jeremiah. I know you're thinking, how is that even possible? How would you find somebody that cool? We always do it. But in the meantime, the other thing is go out there and try something new. Have some fun. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. Singer. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.